Konnichiwa, and welcome to Bullet Points, or as we say in binary code, 0011011000011111. I am your host, Supreme AI, Motherboard, Ed Smith, and joining me as ever are Destroyer Droid P4TR1CL1N035Y, or Patrick Lindsay. I don't know if this is the greatest or the fucking worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll take a vote on that later. Uh, also joining me is uh, Basic Pleasure Model R31DM.Carter or Reed McCarter. Hello. <laughs> is that was that a robot voice? <laughs> yeah, that, that was my robot voice. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you decided to join me on this introduction. Uh, we also have in our midst a rogue intelligence, uh, an interloper, a hacker in our system, a contributor for Wired, J4K3MUNC3Y, or Jake Muncie. How are you, Jake? Hiya. Uh, I'm good. I am baffled by the intro and excited to be here. <laughs> that is a good combination of things to be at this point in the show. Usually by of... about two minutes, people are sad and ready to leave. Yeah, I'm baffled, but I don't know if I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, this week we are setting our intelligent circuits to shooting games and our verbal nodes to Binary Domain, the 2012 third-person shooter from Sega. So let's uh, zero-stroke colon double backslash execute begin, and I'll go first to Jake. Jake, could you give us some genuine, uh, genuine general thoughts? on Binary Domain. What do you think of it? Good game, bad game? Where do you land? I really like it. I think it's this really bizarre mix of very smart and incredibly stupid. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that in a game. It feels like they tried to make something that felt more ridiculous than Gears of War, but also something that was legitimately intelligent and had things to say. Mm. And I think the results are just incredibly entertaining. And it feels like a B-action movie video game, and I am all about that. Reed, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with Jake on that. I think uh, after I played it and I was trying to dissect more why I liked it so much, because I played it for the second time here, and I think Jake kind of hits the nail on the head there that it's the I think it's one of those like most consciously uh, self-aware stupid smart video games that there is Patrick do you agree I, I absolutely do um for I mean aside from the fact that this game if it, it this game drives like a fucking Chevelle it's so smooth and amazing to play um, I don't even know if that means a thing I don't know cars but it, it seemed appropriate <laughs> um, but aside from aside from that um like this game treads the line between like actually trying to tell a quote unquote story with a quote unquote plot and just like acknowledging its status as ridiculous absolute bullshit nonsense story and just embracing it mm. and i can't tell i mean it says some really awesome smart things and i can't tell if it does that in spite of itself or if they really are just that smart I am treading pretty much the same line. Uh, I thought that, especially as you said, Patrick, it plays ever so smoothly, and considering the <clears throat> enormous amount of action and um, spectacle and whatever that's on screen, it, it really does just flow really, really nicely. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's terrifically written. I don't think I've played a game for, for a long time that's kind of so... Um, 
aware of itself without ever devolving into kind of fourth wall breaking self parody you know it's just it's very very confident and um yes very uh what's the word i'm looking for pure is probably a bit too grandiose but it definitely sticks to its guns it's it's very very sort of solid um okay well let's just uh backtrack slightly and give a brief overview of binary domain binary domain is uh set in 2080 uh, and you play a team of special ops soldiers who have been dispatched to a futuristic Tokyo to investigate a company that is making robots and is alleged to be making robots that are indistinguishable from humans. They don't even know that they are robots. They're unaware that they are robots. Uh, and this is considered to be in violation of a United Nations treaty which says that uh, you're not allowed to make robots that, that look and believe they are human. Uh, things go uphill and downhill from there, and the sort of central conceit, I suppose, and we'll get into this later, is that you can develop and lose the trust of your comrades by the way that you speak to them and the way that you behave in combat, and that can have some effects. On I think it's it's worth mentioning literally speak to them. Yes, you can literally speak to them. Yes. If, you, if you have a microphone plugged into your uh, PlayStation or Xbox, you can actually talk to them. And uh, I actually didn't play it with a microphone because I don't own one, but there is a supposedly quite sophisticated voice recognition system, um, which means you can you can say things that are quite conversational and the characters will, will pick up on that. You don't just have to give uh, prescribed responses. But Did anyone actually use that? I'm curious to hear. Absolutely it. not. No, no, I didn't. Either. No. No, I don't think I don't. I, well, that that I think is maybe just quickly then an interesting first talking point because I I think that it was um, an interesting idea because you know in, in a game that's about on some level distinguishing robots from people, the ability to sort of talk and communicate and um, emote to one another in your squad, uh, you know that's a very human thing to do and it's perhaps a way to um, sort of. Uh, represent and illustrate the divide between people and robots you can talk to these people you can't communicate as efficiently with the with the robot characters but yes the microphone stuff i don't think it ever really took off i don't think the game uh will necessarily be remembered for that um reed what did you think then of the sort of conversation on the trust system playing it without the microphone or even if you were playing it with how, how do you think that that kind of stuff would work um yeah i'm not sure how well it grabs key phrases when you're when you're just talking to them but mm. i almost prefer it being actually i like what you said about it makes it seem less uh unnecessary as a system when you talk about how you're kind of a human being speaking to the program and that kind of ties in nicely with some of the themes in the game mm. um but even when you're just pressing the button i think and this is you know i'm immature 12 year old but i love the incredibly stupid responses that you pick from a thing <laughs> so like you know uh someone will say what's an example they'll say should i cover you or or they'll say it's it's horrible the things they've done to these slum dwellers living in poverty <laughs> and you'll get a little list on the side of the screen of options where you can say uh yeah no mm. or or damn it <laughs> like damn it is on <laughs> with an exclamation mark is on like all of them and they're just stupidest things we got to talk more about the the love story in this game and uh, in relation oh to that later on yeah i uh yeah definitely the love story does um the conversational responses i guess that's where they 
<coughs> excuse me, um, about uh, perhaps either most sort of visibly bad or maybe visibly good. Um, Jake, what do you think of the sort of, not necessarily the voice system, but how about the trust dynamic? Do you think that it's important or do you think that it uh, doesn't really mean much? Hmm. I mean, I think my evaluation of it increased as I went through the game. When I first saw it and it was explained to me, my eyes just kind of glazed over and I didn't much care. I I wanted to just go back to the shooting. (laughs) And... um, I didn't do the voice thing, even though I was playing on PC, and as this podcast demonstrates, I have a microphone, I could have, but I have this resistance to talking to to, to my computer when I'm alone in my house. Mm. I still still haven't gotten over feeling like that makes me a crazy person. Mm. Like, I don't use the voice recognition on my phone or anything, but... um, but yeah, as I went through the game and found the way it permeated everything, especially in combat, like the way if I accidentally hit my allies, which happened a lot because I'm a terrible shot and they don't know how to get out of my way, um, that little things like that impact the trust system, impact the, the way they respond to you. I'm still not sure I think it ends up feeling all that significant or weighty, but I like the way the system was woven into the smaller details of the game like that. Patrick, how about you? I mean, Jake, you just asked, or mused, I guess, about the the weight of the trust system. I guess that's my main question, is I don't really understand what it capital D does um, if you lose the trust of your teammates versus if you gain it. I never really encountered any instance where it seemed like that was a significant issue or like there was a like a die that the game was rolling to you know check your trust levels or whatever yeah um so i mean it could just be superficial i don't think that makes it um a bad thing because unlike a game like mass effect which this game actually drew a lot of comparison to because of when it was released um a game like that that will kind of try really hard and force you into some kind of capital r relationship with your your characters that will determine how the game ends this game didn't do that which i was grateful for Mm. so i guess my a short answer to your question is i i i don't feel like it got in the way so i didn't mind it well (laughs) what it made me think of i don't know if we've had this conversation on the show but i think it's definitely something i've talked about i think with reed uh, at some point maybe over twitter or something is um the importance of kind of of having relationships and plot threads and things in games that don't go anywhere, that aren't resolved mm-hmm. as a sort of mm-hmm. gameplay loop. So, oh, you know, yeah. you, you, you gave X response to Y character and that has created Z result. And I, I've always felt, and I think that um, everyone here would agree, that that makes conversations and interactions in games feel incredibly false because they're not sort of pure interactions. They're gameplay mechanics. They're things that you're doing to sort of make a, a reward happen or to sort of generate some response from the game. So what I liked about the conversation system in this game was that it was less, or it felt less about picking the right answer to generate the right response from the game, and more just like, you know, conversing with the team, even though, as Reed pointed out, the answers, if you don't have a microphone, are quite sort of odd and stilted and, and left field. And hilarious. And hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes, no, holy shit. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was good to me because, yes, it was just chatting. You know, you weren't you weren't doing it to to sort of beat the game in in some sort of way. You were just talking to these people. 
Um, yeah. Apparently, there is uh, there are different endings depending on trust levels. But there are. I, yeah. I wondered that because there are some some of the quote final or culminating cutscenes that there are cuts. Yeah. Like this normally cutscenes are are continuous, and in in this game they aren't. Like they'll they'll you'll get the the main sort of thread, and then it'll cut away and show you a snippet, and then it'll cut back, which yeah made me think. Okay, I wonder if like this character would have died if something were were different. Well, we can we can talk openly about it. Big Bo survived. He he survived for me as well. He was uh, he, not he a true traitor. He didn't for me. He was killed. Oh, interesting. Um. Oh no no you're right. He died for me as well. He got. He, he died of uh, acute blunt force robot fist yes, trauma. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I am aware yeah, that if you have the full trust level with Kane, the, uh, the the robot who is on your team, he will re- reappear at that moment and take Bo's place in front of the robot fist, and uh, Bo will survive, as will Kane, because he's a, a robot himself, and so he can, he can handle a bit of robot fist. That sounds <laughs> rude. That sounds really rude. Um, what game are we talking about here? <laughs> Yeah, so there, there are some permutations based on how much trust you have with the characters, but there's no kind of uh, apocalyptic bad ending or sort of, um, you know, biblical good ending. It's only small kind of changes. One might die, one might live. You still have the same kind of post credit sequence and whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, it, it's almost just color added to the game yeah. is how I look at one- it. One thing I will say is that whole sort of romance with Faye, um, I thought for a while that that was just a really elaborate sort of subplot because the level where she gets shot and you kind of stitch up her shoulder, which in video game language means you fall in love with her, um, I had ended up taking her on my squad uh, through that level. So I just assumed that had she not been there, that might not have happened. And then the whole romance probably wouldn't have developed because she ah. becomes like the central linchpin of the plot in the, the latter like quarter of the game. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I didn't realize how much of that was kind of hardwired and how much of that was fluid. Uh, yeah. I think it's, I think that's all, that all happens regardless. I think, yeah, it must do because otherwise, yeah, the, the whole plot doesn't exist. Otherwise you don't mm, have the yeah. emotional core, the Romeo and yes. Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, let's let's go uh, away from the writing for a moment and just talk about uh, you know the, the the kind of act of navigating, shooting, etc. Uh, Jake, how do you feel about just sort of shooting your gun in Binding Domain? What do you think about the combat, the violence, the enemies? You know, as broad as you want to go. It feels really nice. I really enjoyed it. It felt like. It was so smooth that I really just didn't really think about it. It felt almost neutral mm. in a way. Like, okay, I'm going to run here and shoot these guys. I know how to do this. I've done this before. It feels right. I'm going to do it. And <clears throat> what I also found really entertaining, although, again, I'm not a very good shot, <clears throat> and I'm also getting over a cold. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So I didn't make as much use of it as I probably could have, but the fact that you could shoot off various robot limbs and they would do various hilarious and strange (laughs) things as a result, you could shoot off their head and they would get confused and fight their friends for you and stuff like that. Mm. And yeah, it just, it all felt 
second nature and very comfortable. And I fit, uh, and, and uh, I feel like the game does a really good job of building sort of set piece arenas for you to fight in. Mm-hmm. So that even though you're fighting the same basic varieties of enemies, basically the whole game, with the exception of the very bombastic boss fights, you are. It feels interesting and novel all the time as you do it. Like, I remember at one point you are in a food processing plant, and I remember ducking down conveyor belts and shooting, like... I, I feel like it wasn't watermelons, but pop culture and Ghost in the Shells made me think it was watermelons. <laughs> but there was food and, and, and boxes of food and conveyor belts, and it felt, you know, really interesting in the navigation felt right and i really enjoyed it reed how about you yeah that's actually i think that's one of the things that i had a little note about that that it's it's such a basic thing when you do and i was thinking about this in relation to games like gears of war and uncharted and stuff too where the the basic shooting mechanic and the cover mechanic is so repetitive and kind of familiar at this point for everyone who goes into these games or a lot of people who go into these games and the way that you make that good is you keep finding different ways of kind of tossing wrinkles into it with the enemies and the environment and I think binary domain like Jake was saying there isn't a ton of different enemies there's I think enough different kinds to keep it interesting but the level design is really really top notch Um, yeah like there's yeah the part that Jake was talking about there's also I think it's like an automobile plant an automobile plant a car manufacturing place or something a car factory yeah it felt really formal to say automobile plant <laughs> where the automobiles are made um but yeah there's like these big shipping crates I think with cars inside if I remember this right and they are moving cover and the enemies are coming to you and you can kind of choose when to pop out and but all the time, all these different pieces of the level keep moving around, which is, you know, kind of like Uncharted-style uh, good third-person shooter design, I think. Mm-hmm. Another one I really liked was the uh, the server room maze. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is odd, because that's not normally a type of level. That's normally the type of level I'd actually be really angry about, but it was just like... The game's pace is just so incredibly forward driving that's a word that i just made up um and like it never feels like you're kind of wandering around looking where to go um and like you can just move forward through these environments you pick up their quote gimmicks pretty quickly so you don't spend a whole lot of time learning about the different environments you can just kind of enjoy using them um and it's just it's a lot of fun um, I can't remember the other one that I really liked. Oh, the one where you are in the uh, like the arboretum and they decide to gas you with the ozone gas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you have to run through these these halls and look for four sort of gas generators to destroy. And then there are these rooms that you can hide in that will sort of flush out the poison gas that you have to run back to and hide. And it was just that stuff like that has the potential to be really tedious. I know because I played the library level in Halo. Um, which was fine. It was not fine, was fine, but that's that's a conversation for a different day. I like that level. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> Growing stronger over here. <laughs> um, I lost my my train of thought, and it's all your fault, Reed. Um, good. 
It's it's good. That's that's what I was getting at. It's really good. I liked it. I I think the binary domain has that wonderful. Um, I always credit it to Portal, but I'm sure there's other games that did this before. But what you have is the mechanics don't move. The mechanics don't change. You're always doing the same thing, but they just give you different variations on that theme. So you know, like Portal, you've got enter portal, exit portal, but then they put you in all these different rooms where you have to enter portal and exit portal very differently uh, every time. Uh, and binary domain, you're always behind cover and shooting, but you're always doing it, yes, in, in a place that feels very different, very new, very live. Um, and uh, you're doing it against... Um, you see, I, I actually disagree slightly with you, Reed, because I think that the enemies, that there were they were quite varied. I think there were quite a lot of different types. I, that You know, you did have very many variations on the same theme of a robot with a gun but there's also you know there's the bigger chunkier ones the sort of faster uh nippier weaker ones i mean i really like the level where you're in the kind of sewers at the bottom of the amada building in the final chapter and you've got those ones that are just like a kind of robotic exoskeleton with a human face on i thought they were fantastic they're really oh, yeah, yeah. and horrible um yeah so i liked it yeah for that reason you know it, it is just do the same thing but do it in somewhere that's very different and, and as a result feels very different and that that does um yeah like patrick was saying you know it like gives the pace such a kind of kick it, it, it is always moving this game the other thing yeah. the other thing i was going to say about the shooting and i think this is something that's worth talking about is you know jake was saying it's it it's like uh, it's neutral you know it's just something that you you can do and it, it flows so well and in any other third person shooting game I and there are others that that do that as well. I find that slightly um, like icky and a little bit queasy because you're killing people. In this game, you don't kill a one yes. person the entire no. game. You do not kill a single human being for the entire game. And so that, that's that, one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, same. So <laughs> that kind of ease of use and that um, this is a, a great sort of just to tie this metaphor together, that very kind of robotic and deliberate pace feels right because uh, you are not killing people. Reed has got a differing opinion. No, I'm just because he said robotic pace. Oh, right, okay, okay, yeah. Just... I, th I think it was a really, really, really smart choice because it opens up so many possibilities for things you can do with the fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like you can shoot people's heads off as a tactical choice rather than just a sort of gory flourish. Yeah. Um, you can trip them you can take their their arms out so they drop their weapon i mean all of these things that you can do that you can't i mean you could technically do fighting human opponents but you get a lot of back is backlash a word that we're allowed to say i don't know would you though um well i i would look at it weird yeah because like i'm right there with you guys but instead of just saying like me too i was thinking about there are a lot of games where it kind of delights in and you shooting mm -hmm. the shit out of you know flesh and blood human beings or right. animals or monsters. Um, it also though it also serves like a a functional point because how many games have you played where every single enemy soldier like there's three barks that they recycle throughout the entire game, um, and if they're all robots that doesn't matter they can all sound exactly the same and say the exact same things and it doesn't seem weird or odd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel I feel like it opens up the game. Tonally, because it's easier to affect the sort of madcap, fun adventure romp that that they lean on from time to time, alongside being, you know, a sci-fi shooter with 
darker cyberpunk story elements there are these moments yeah. where it's just like we're just running around shooting a bunch of robots and since they're just a, and in this horde of vaguely absurd robot <laughs> people that tone is really easy to strike and i think it it contributes to the goofy b movie feel of it all mm. yeah, yeah if this if this game played the way that it did and you were shooting people it'd be it'd be a lot more sort of uncomfortable um mm-hmm. but it is so much more enjoyable and sort of light i think in in a way that i really approve of uh because you're shooting robots but the thing is uh, a lot of the time when i'm shooting robots in games uh, it's kind of unsatisfying because they're just like clink clonk metal in this they it feels great. Your guns are really loud. The guns are really punchy. The the robots come apart into lots of different pieces, and they bits fly everywhere, and things explode. And it's it's really really gratifying. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the way they look as they kind of uh, it's it's a great bit of shooter design too, because I mean, without having to be completely grotesque with like a human body, you know, falling apart or the it's it's like more wires are starting to come out. So when you're shooting mm-hmm. at them and, you know, they're taking a decent amount of bullets because they're mechanical, um, you can still kind of tell how close they are to going down because they start sparking more or, you know, they're falling apart at the joints. And yeah. uh, it's it's really good visual design. It is. Yeah, the, <clears throat> one of the only other games I could think of that does sort of shooting off body parts to such a degree, <laughs> which it's we live in a disturbing world where that is a mechanical trend. It's a metric, but, yeah. um, the only game I can think of that does it to such a granular degree is Dead Space, and in Dead Space it uses it for horror. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it's it is kind of gross, and it gets less gross as you get you know used to it over time in Dead Space, but you're still yeah, you know, doing the sickening thing of aiming a laser to slice off a tentacle or something, you know. But when you're doing it to a robot, it's just hilarious. Well, well yeah, I, it's just a lot of fun. And I, I, I sort of noticed, you know, I thought, am I going to make it to the end of this game without killing a single person? And I realized that there's two bits that really stood out to me. One, the final antagonist who is revealed to be your handler back in the U.S. Uh, you corner him, and that would usually be the moment where your character shoots him dead, or you kill him in the boss fight. But he takes that gun and shoots himself. So you... off screen, off screen, yeah, off screen. So yeah, <laughs> not only do you not kill him, you don't see him die. And then in a post-credit sequence um, between your character and, and Faye, uh, they're ambushed by these robots who are accompanied by two guys, and your character in a cutscene kills all the robots and then just shoots some bullets at the feet of the two guys and tells them to to scram. scram. And doesn't kill them. So you do. You not only do you, but your your character goes through the whole game without killing a single person. I th- I think in 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 today's world, <clears throat> it's really hard to see that and not view it as a conscious choice that they made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has to have been those, those those two moments stood out to me a great deal. Which which is great because there are a couple of of, of really powerful sort of narrative beats um, where human looking people die and i think that makes them all the more unsettling is the fact that you don't normally see people who look like humans dying in this game yeah. so when they do it's really striking especially because at the time of of that you know that you that you kill them or they kill themselves or whatever happens they're this really weird grotesque sort of hybrid of like human and robot and it's just 
It's for for a game that's as ostensibly goofy as this one. It's some really powerful stuff. Yeah, I, I think that these these deserve some special mentions. The cutscenes in Binary Domain, some of them are fantastic, like really great little yeah. sort of short movies. The one at the start in the sort of White House Situation Room with the general who turns out to be a robot is fantastic. The one in the sort of streets of Tokyo with the guy who has just discovered that he's a robot is fantastic. The bit the flashback to when Dan's a kid and you see oh, that's so so well done because you see him, you know, as the kid beating up the robot in his house and you've assumed that the robot's gone rogue and sort of attacked someone in his family. But what he's actually doing is he's angry at the robot for not protecting his mother from his abusive dad. And it's it's really, really good. It's really surprising. This is so much kind of biting little writing moments with a lot of traction. Um, and that's, I think, what we said at the start of this is that, you know, Barney Domain is a, is a sort of B-movie thing and it's a lot of fun, but it has a lot of, um, you know, really sophisticated, really smart moments. I mean, Jake, are there any that stood out to you? I mean, I think you highlighted a lot of the big ones. And I want to <clears throat> go back and highlight that war room scene with the general who, 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 who is a robot. And then the Ronald Reagan yeah. XB <laughs> president guy who is very silly, but also like that is clearly a deliberate satirical choice that actually works here somehow mm -hmm. and then when everybody turns on the general it's legitimately surprising and jarring and the game has a great way of focusing on on these robots faces and their faces always come apart in these grotesque ways and it's like half human half robot and it does this i think in every scene featuring one of these guys and it's just shot really well and staged in a way that lands a lot of surprise to it mm, absolutely um patrick how about you um, I mean, again, I think we hit a lot of the the really big important ones. I think it's I was more than any specific scene. I was just surprised at how this game seemed to strike two chords at the same time. Because nine out of ten hours that you're going to spend playing this is basically just like Japanese Gears of War uh, for uh, for the sake of completely oversimplifying. Um, so you kind of get into this tone of like running and shooting like any other video game but yeah you do see these really almost like i'll, I'll say like emotionally moving cutscenes that you wouldn't expect to see in, in a shooter game in general or this one that's so wacky in particular yeah um and it really like i i wanted to see what happened not necessarily because i cared about any of the characters just because i really enjoyed the storytelling that they were doing yeah yeah read read what do you think <clears throat> well i think it's um, I I don't know where I don't know how to talk about it necessarily, but I have always liked uh, stories that have this kind of that either commit completely to their tone um, and just are unwavering about it, that zoom in on exactly what they're trying to say and everything is in service to it, or these stories that kind of bounce between uh, incredible self seriousness and ridiculous melodrama and everything like um i think about this game in the same way i think about something like metal gear solid where it's so over the top and 
there's a lot of ham-fisted dialogue and just kind of like weird slapstick humor in both those games too. I don't know if that's a you know cultural form of humor because both those are Japanese developed series, but um, I I like the way when games know how to pivot back and forth like that. Hmm. Yeah, Reed. One of the things that I'll say just to piggyback on that is I was I think the most striking thing about this game for me was that the story and the narrative delivery methods are really interesting and compelling but the game itself never strays away from feeling like a shooting gallery but normally when I say that it's a bad thing but here I actually think it really works Mm -hmm. Um, like you're invested in the plot but also like you go into firefights and like you can stop at shopping kiosks in the middle of a firefight and like buy more ammo and like (laughs) really weird like obviously super gamey touches like that that make you think okay so at the end of the day this is really just kind of like a a shooting gallery but it's okay with being a shooting gallery because the shooting that that supports is so so good and the cutscenes really do carry a lot of the game's narrative weight which again normally i see as a bad thing but well that's i don't know it works that's what makes me feel kind of i don't know like i'm being lazy critically not being able to express this but when games do things that in a lot of games you'd kind of you know slap them down for for doing something so like having these long sequences where all you're doing is shooting and then having a 10 minute cutscene where all the narrative is kind of put across um mm. you know but it works in this case and i was thinking about that too again to contrast it with something like metal gear where i think a lot of times it does work and i can't figure out why it works other than kind of identifying that tone. Mm. I think also, I mean, we, we mentioned this back way back when we did Resident Evil 4, and I think it's not a coincidence that that's another Japanese developed game. The game, quote unquote, gameplay in that game and, and here is just so incredibly efficient, like to a weird, almost kind of like German degree. Um, everything about like. I mean, just the, how like well honed it is? Yeah, like the party management is. Even the fact that you can navigate the menus with your left hand still on WASD, which I thought was brilliant. I'd never seen a game do that before. Like, you don't even have to take your hands off of the keyboard to navigate menus, Mm. Um, which I know sounds like a small point, but I was really impressed by that. Um, Like the the nano machine system, which normally I hate stuff like that, but it actually seemed to add to the game rather than take away from it. Um, The upgrading the weapons, like all of that stuff. Which is, it's it's so weird, because this game does so many things that I normally just despise, and I really just didn't mind it here. Yeah. It's it's an incredibly fine line that it walks between, um, <clears throat> sort of, you know, this, this is a, a sort of million bullet style shooter, this is just action, 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 constant, 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 but it still feels uh, sort of efficient, stripped back, lean, quick, it's never sort of bogged down. Um, despite the you know enormous amounts of enemies that you dispatch and you know, bullets that you fire and whatever, and the amount of sort of set pieces there are, it, it is never bogged down. It's never mired in anything. Binary domain. It's it's very quick. Um, yeah, and I think that 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 is something that takes a, a lot of just kind of. <clears throat> I, I imagine like redrafting to pull off. You know, Resident Evil Four always felt to me like a game that had just been poured over in every single detail, time and time again. Like everything had just been 
um, worked on and worked on and worked on and worked on. Nothing in that game is lazy. And Binding Domain feels the same. Everything feels very, very sort of crafted and like it's been given a lot of attention. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's why the disparate and sometimes superficially obnoxious elements work is because <laughs> it's all... Um, <clears throat> It's all crafted toward, you know, a very singular purpose. The game has this sort of aesthetic aesthetic unity, which seems very, very grandiose. But, like, it's all dedicated to being a game where you shoot robots and telling a story about people who are terrified of robots. And it all... And everything that's in the game seems like it's chosen to be there because it works toward f- to, to, it works toward affecting that premise or making it easier to pull off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Mm. See, that's why we yeah, and that's why it's good to have guests because now Jake just figured it out for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, yeah that, no, that, that, that's it. Yeah, I, I do think I, that's that's it. Absolutely right, Jake. I think that. A good way of summing it up, this like binary domain in one line, is there's nothing in this game that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, what Jake says too about you know having a cohesive aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Where yeah. if you have this game that's kind of structured mechanically as you know a shooting gallery, and then you bookend it with these discrete levels with these long cutscenes that are here's your you know just structurally, I think the game is uh, knows what it is. And knows what it's doing, and maybe that's why it's easier to accept the way it's structured. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of deliberately arcadey, and you know, harkens back to when cutscenes were rewards for playing well, and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, like compare this to something like Uncharted, which gets picked on for this a lot, but I think for good reason. Like, why am I shooting hundreds of people here? I'm not really sure. It feels like the gameplay and the and the cinematic framing haven't really talked to each other in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. And in, in Binary Domain, every part of the game is talking to every other part of the game. Right. It is. It is. And another thing I love actually about it was um, just the kind of the matter of factness of a lot of the dialogue. Like, I mean, when when it wants to be melodramatic, it is sort of uncynically melodramatic. Uh, the, the characters, you know, they talk about the biggest things that are happening very sort of briefly and quickly, and just get on with it. And there's just a hell of a lot of just like energy and drive, and there's no sort of asking around. You know, that line in Tomb Raider, "Oh, I hate tombs." There's none of that kind of bullshit in here. It's <laughs> all the char- all the characters are up for it. All the characters are. are are really just you know they, they they carry you along this you're you're never sort of taken out of it by the characters because they're they're up for it and they're moving with the same pace that you want to be moving at um yeah i the, the cutscenes are, are always great they're always sort of suitably brief and everything is sort of framed and characterized you know why you're doing what you're doing on every single level every single level you know why you're there why you're being attacked and what you're trying to achieve. And that is, I think, very important in, in any game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barney Domain does it, and does it really well. Um, there's maybe a couple of final questions. Uh, I'd like to talk about if anybody thought there were any sort of weaker moments in Barney Domain, what do you think were the badder points? Um, I don't think there's, there's necessarily any, <clears throat> with a capital B, bad levels, but there are certainly weaker sections. Jake, were there any that stood out to you? <clears throat> I mean, I felt like some of the on-rails driving sections dragged a bit. Uh-huh. And 
it's with a game that so well emphasizes staging and motion, it felt frustrating to me to spend so much time on these sort of looping street backgrounds, shooting robots flying mm-hmm. down from this fixed fixed position. Right, yeah. And I also thought that while it's functional and appropriate in a B in a, in a B movie sense and it works with the plot, like I feel like it still works here, but I thought the romance with Faye was a little too absurd. I went from one of the few moments where I went from laughing along with binary domain to kind of laughing at it. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick, how about you? What are the weaker points for you? Um, actually, I'm 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 very similar in in mind to uh, to Jake. My least favorite parts of the game were the parts that sort of seem to deviate from that. All right, here's the thesis of binary domain that everything else was in service to. Mm. Um, that level toward the end, after you destroy the satellite dish that's broadcasting that giant signal, and you have to escape the roof as the building is collapsing. Yeah. Um, that level, just because the weird controls and the weird QTE stuff, um, I had a lot of trouble with it, and that in of itself doesn't bother me, but the fact that I spent so long retreading this same, literally retreading the same ground, whereas every other part of this game I'd been able to kind of move through at a nice sort of expository pace, yeah. um, that was frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the, the, the only other thing I would say was sometimes, like... A lot of the early bosses, especially, are really cleverly designed, not just visually, but just the interactions and how you deal with them, which mm-hmm. was great, but it also means that some of the later enemies where there isn't really a cool sort of thing about them when they really are just bullet sponges was sort of disappointing in a similar way. Hmm. Reed, have you got any? I'm kind of with Jake a little bit on, you know, some of those chase scenes are a bit too long, which always kind of sucks because you want a chase scene to to uh, kind of kick in the pants and give you a moment of interest with the breakup, what you're usually doing. Um, other than that, it's just like a few... I think sometimes the the pulpiness of the writing gets a little too close to exploitation in a few ways, like with you know Big Bo, who is the only black character in the game. He's a black American, and he's described as having grown up in a ghetto and you know just kind of very stereotypical and the way he talks is kind of absurd but in a different way than the other characters are absurd um Mm. i don't know i i'm a white dude so i can't talk too authoritatively about that obviously but it's a little it feels a little uncomfortable it feels a little bit like someone kind of looking into someone else's culture and and just throwing up an archetype um Mm -hmm. in, in sort of the same way too that Faye does eventually get a good ride as a character she you know is is developed and uh is arguably the main character of the game by the time it ends uh but they really don't want you to think that they're going to do a good job with her when she first shows up oh my god i know because all the characters can talk about is how hot she is and big Bo especially big boatang is very interested in her and that's actually why he died in my game. Yeah, oh, be, you you wouldn't uh, give him a high five when he was being a frat boy? No, it's just he. Uh, 
I guess not. Like he dives in front of the the robo fist that's meant for Faye, and he goes, "No one should hit a pretty lady." And then like, that's what kills him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened in mine as well. Oh, that didn't happen yeah. in mine, but, the, but the, I like that. The the weak part for me, uh, it got <clears throat> the the game sort of slips a little when the team gets separated and when uh, you know you're. The first half of the game, you're making your way very sort of purposefully to the Amada building, the building where these robots that look like humans are, are supposed to be being made. And then something happens and you get separated and you have to go a sort of different way around, a long way around. And that's when the pace started to flag a little. Uh, and then the sort of deviation into this resistance base and that kind oh, right. of stuff, I, I felt was really uh, extraneous. I, I just didn't need that at all. Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. Does it doesn't it? go anywhere. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere at all. That that whole thing just sort of peters out without any big moments. And the stuff with the cop as well, the sort of Japanese police officer who's pursuing you throughout the game, seemed to just sort of come and go um, without much event. What happened to him? Because you he don't was know. there, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, they say like, "Oh, go and go and get someone, or go and call in the troops, or whatever." And he runs off to go and do that, and he, he oh, he's never okay. seen. Well, I think, mentioned again. I think the stuff with the cops is actually kind of works because there's a lot of uh, a lot of what's going on in the game is a distrust of of uh, the big government um, regulations and their corporate influence and everything. And the cop is very much the you know he's the bulldog who's trying to stop these this task force from being in Japan illegally, and then he finds out that his government's lying to him, and then. You know, I, th- I think you need that. It's not handled. Mm. The ending of his arc isn't very graceful, but... And it's the same with the Resistance, too. Like, you need to show these parts of the world, I think, to make that story mm-hmm. as full as it ends up being, but they aren't really wrapped up in a satisfying way. Mm. I actually yeah. think, Reed, that this game... I mean, we, we've talked about how awesome the shooting is, and it, and it is, and how great the cutscenes are, but I think another thing that we should be mindful to not overlook is the world building is actually really 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 good Mm. um they've crafted a very believable sort of geopolitical world that you inhabit um the whole thing with like how basically the un has become this sort of robo police um and there's social socioeconomic implications in japan with like the you start off in the slums and then you work your way up to the the very rich elite parts of the city and it's just like they did their homework. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I think about when you say so So many of the trappings of this game are, are B-movie and pulp. And they're just kind of silly, but there is a core underneath it that is very much, a you know, it's good sci-fi. It's, it's trying yeah. to wag the finger at us about certain things and kind of be a warning about how other things could go. And it's chilling, too, the idea of you know, it's it's so silly, so it feels dramatic to say it's chilling. But you know, this game in it, the uh, global warming has caused the sea levels to rise to the point that major cities have just kind of built atop the slums that have been flooded. Um, they've literally just built on top of what has been destroyed and left that for the poor members of society to live in. But what's cool is they don't shove that down your face. No, they like, just—that's not what the game's about. No, they just show it to you. They say this yeah. is. You know, and that's Tokyo at least, but, it, you know, I think it's supposed to mean that this is most first world nations have kind of adapted that way. 
Yeah, and I, I also think that speaking of the world building, one thing that the inclusion of, of the police officer and the resistance establishes, even if the thread doesn't necessarily go anywhere, is it highlights the foreignness of the Rust crew mm -hmm. and how they are outsiders in a place they don't really know or understand, blazing through shooting robots, which is a thing that happens in a lot of games like this, but <clears throat> I think Binary Domain did, does a good job of making you aware of that fact. And like, I also really appreciate how Dan is always just casually racist, and no one ever <laughs> Let's him get away with it. <laughs> he really is, isn't he? I didn't think yeah. about that before. And I think that actually works because everyone always looks at him like he's a pig. And it highlights that, you know, gung-ho American stereotype that they're using for him. Well, yeah, the way the characters are written, too, and designed is... And that's kind of what I was talking about before with with Bo, because every character is kind of a stereotype. And so you have the white American and the black American, and they're portrayed not in a super flattering light. You know, the mm -hmm. Americans are kind of viewed as the people who just sneak into a country and just blow shit up. You know, and the British are, sorry Ed, but they're portrayed as a bit haughty and mm -hmm. kind of looking down their noses as they're superior to the Americans. You know, and then you get your French robot who's just wearing a fucking scarf. And <laughs> he, yeah, he is. And he, you know, he doesn't really have a ton of affectation to his voice, but he's also somehow a snooty asshole, even without yeah. lips or real eyes. You know, it's it's this great thing where I think they teeter right on the edge of harmful and benign national stereotyping I, in a really interesting way. I guarantee you that if this game were made by an American development team, uh, Dan would have been like a gritty, possibly even silent, um, like just generic hero type. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they this it's very clear in a lot of ways, and that's a big one that this was a Japanese development team. Um, the kind of final point that I want to get onto is something that we've we've circled it so far um, is the question of Faye and the relationship that Faye has to Dan and how they develop the character of Faye. Uh, I, I want to start on this one and say that I actually really liked their relationship, I really liked her character I, I uh, she <clears throat> put to my mind what I now consider to be a metric for good romantic relationships in games, which is the two characters need to have sex before the end of the game <laughs> uh, like yeah. there's that really, yeah. you know, in, in Wolfenstein The New Order, when uh, on is it Anya or something like that? I, can't, yeah, I, can't, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, her and Quick call JV. Yeah. Her and <laughs> her and Blaskovich, you know, they have sex not that long after meeting and then they've got like a, a relationship, like a proper relationship for the end of the game and she's not just a reward that's given to the guy uh, at the end of the game. You know, they've already sort of consummated their relationship and it, it's it's not just a sort of pat on the back, hey, you won the game, now you get to bang the woman. Um, and that's what happens in Binary Domain. They, they have their love scene, their sex scene about two-thirds of the way through uh, and then their relationship changes from will they, won't they, to they have and it's changed the way they talk to each other. And I, I think that that's a really just basic good metric for good relationships in games. They need to have sex before 
you know the end of the conflict or whatever. Um, That's a good... I really like that. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I, I really like the the post credit sequence with those two. I thought that it was really sort of grindhousey and melodramatic and just like Hollywood. Yeah. Um, these two just sort of embracing with their guns. You know, it's like a western. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> really made me smile. Um, and I really like the scene where you have to you have to fight her because she's you know all conflicted about oh my god I'm sort of part robot. My parent was a robot. Uh, <laughs> And it's it's ah uh, video games. It's a really it's a really interesting scene because I, I I I refuse to shoot at her and she's talking to you and you can you can give her responses and you can say things that are kind of gung ho and combative but I kept saying, you know, stop or no, uh, because you know the dialogue in those responses is incredibly nuanced. Can't you um, can't you say I love you to her too? You can also say I love you. Yeah, yeah I, you could say I love you to her. Yeah. I just kept saying I love you, shooting all the other yeah. robots. Yeah, and I. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many scenes with Faye. I I, I thought she's a, a good character, and you have a good relationship. I I really enjoyed that stuff. I don't know what anyone else thinks. I I think they I think you have to overcome how she's introduced in the game. Um, yeah. yeah, which is but I think she's she, she's introduced that way very deliberately. So you'll look back on that introduction and the way that Dan and Bo talked about her originally, and think you know how how wrong you were, how wrong they were. Um, Hopefully, I think Dan, Dan is thinking the same thing as well. You know what I mean? I think that she's, yeah. you know, I don't think the game is kind of being gratuitous and saying, "Whoa, look at this lady." I think you're supposed to think Dan and Bo are being dickheads in that scene. Well, it does mm-hmm. a little bit because it, you know, does the very uh, kind of Metal Gear standard zoom over her butt and her boobs as soon as she's on screen. You know, I think there's like one mm-hmm. first cutscene where I made a note and I was like, "Come on, you're being creepy." Yeah. So it is a bit the game, but I I don't know. I'm not gonna like fight you about this because I think your your core point I'm with you on. I think their love scene is just kind of. I think they know that where that happens in the story and they just kind of throw it in there, so there's no actual lead also, up to it. But I think everything after works pretty well. I also think to an extent there's there's some cultural inertia that needs to be broken. Like this is just how femme fatale characters are handled in video games and whether or not you intend on kind of pigeonholing her in that way it's just like it's sort of a default it's the resting state for for women unfortunately is to be the object of usually the protagonist's desire the fact that they actually handled it in a really good and healthy way is a definite bonus but i don't know i i can't quite say that i think it was meant to be like that the initial introduction was meant to be handled in a specific way or given a certain reading uh jay yeah i think i agree with what reed said that like and i said this earlier that the early parts of the fate relationship leading up to the consummation of uh, of her relationship with dan don't really work for me and seem and they felt at the time very extraneous in a way that I wasn't really convinced of its worth in the story. But by the end, what they do with that, once they establish it, I think is very effective and interesting. I also think, yeah, I don't know if I have anything to add about the sort of question of objectification here, except that I think the game does try to have it 
both ways and that it does at the start objectify her and but it also does that I do think in part to make Dan and Bo look like assholes and make you kind of look like an asshole with them mm. and it it wobbles there I think mm-hmm. see if, if I was being perhaps a little generous with interpretation I think what I would say is you're encouraged to look upon her sort of lustily to begin with so that when it's revealed you know her true sort of biological nature is revealed you might feel I don't know a similar sense of like betrayal or maybe disgust or something that the characters are supposed to be feeling you know you you kind of lusted after her in a way or being encouraged to lust after her in a way and then you find out that she's you know not human and um that's how the characters feel but that that does feel like a, a generous interpretation i think reed you're absolutely right you know her introduction is just <clears throat> it, it is a little gratuitous the camera does roll over her body in that sort of metal gear solid four boss fights with the women kind of way um but yeah nevertheless i i found her an enjoyable character and i think that they did a great job of um yeah going from what jake was describing the relationship in the first half of the game which just feel extraneous to actually doing something with her uh, and Dan as well um, towards the latter half of the game. I like the way the relationship changes, and it, it comes from the fact that they actually sleep together before you know, the credits, basically. Um, can we talk just like as a side note, though, really briefly about how great it is that Dan is such a clingy weirdo that um, it's like two seconds after the scene where they sleep together wraps up, and then you get control of him again. You can respond to her question, and right away you can just start saying "love you." Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. That's perfect. Dan has some serious intimacy and emotional issues where yeah, <laughs> he can't separate sex and love whatsoever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that as well. I didn't say it though. I thought that'd be too much. Did you say it? I did because I wanted to laugh, and then I. What did, what, <laughs> how, how does how does she respond? I think I think she's cool with it. You know, I don't think the game presents Dan as being a weirdo. I think it's right. It's. It's one of those things where, you know, like saying damn it to someone doesn't make sense in 95% yeah. of the situations that you can in that game. So I, I think it's just <laughs> the way that those phrases are shortened and are just really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, I think we'll probably wrap it up there because we've, we've gone on for you know, over an hour. Um but I, I take it that we are unanimously agreed that Binary Domain is in the good game folder as opposed to the bad game folder. Yeah, I filed yeah. it there myself. Good. good. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in that case, now, uh, we're not going to do those, are we? I was about to say next time we're discussing, but we decided that we we're going to drop those so that people could listen to the shows in any order and not be discombobulated. Uh but what I will say is that uh, some of our upcoming games, if you are listening to this in sequence, we will be discussing shortly Manhunt. Uh, I think we're going to do Vanquish as well at some point, and um, maybe some more of the Call of Duty games. So that's going to be exciting stuff, isn't it, guys? Yay! Thank you. Thank you. I won't be here, but I'm excited for you. <laughs> Jake's Thanks, just excited everyone. for us, which is very nice. <laughs> that is very kind, yeah. Okay, well, um, let's leave it there then. I mean, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Let's do that roundtable. Go first to Jake. What do you work on at the moment, and where can people find that stuff? 
Hi, uh, yeah, I am a contributor to Wired.com's video game section, and you can yell at me at Twitter at Jake Muncy, J A K E M U N C Y. Excellent, Patrick. Yourself? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Han Freakin Solo, and uh, all of the uh, the stuff that I do, my my internet cup runneth over onto my Twitter account. Are you still writing at Game Ranks? I am. Um, I'm also writing a bunch of places right now. Um, I'm not sure where yet, um, by which I mean I've got some upcoming things that you should keep your eyes out for. That will be very interesting. Cooking some words? I am. I'm I'm baking them in that oven. Nice. Um, Reed, how about you? I think this time I'm just going to list my home address and phone number. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And provide directions on how to get there. Um, and, and, and as we are recording this, Patrick just followed me on Twitter, which I find flattering. Oh, what a nice guy! <laughs> Finger guys. I'm. You should have been following Jake on Twitter before, though, because Jake's a very good writer. Ah, uh, uh, shucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm at Reed McCarter, and I freelance at different places, and I'm writing things, and they're going to come out on different websites. That all, I'll link them. That's what I use Twitter for. I, I link stuff. Right, that's, uh, that's a good, good that. that's a good way to use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's what I use it for as well. And you can find me at most sincerely Ed uh, on Twitter, where I just write the words "I hate video games" over and over again because that's why I do my job. Um, and I've been writing <laughs> for I write for Vice, Kill Screen, uh, and other places. So yeah, that's that's nice, isn't it? It's nice to have that job. <laughs> my, my thoughts tailed off there a minute, but I just I was kind of staring into the distance in the way that you do when you do this job. Well, because you yeah. said that you said you hate video games, and then you just oh, thought about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You God, thought I hate them. You thought, do I? Well, you should let Ed know what what you think about him saying he hates video games on his Twitter. Yeah, p- please do because I read every single one. And he thinks about I, it for I, a long I, time. I think about the. He actually time. he prints them out and reads them out loud. No, I I don't even print them. I write them down. I sort of I I put them in a notebook by hand, so that I'm you know really absorbing what people have said. Um, yeah, so please do please do get in touch on Twitter, uh, because I love reading that stuff. Uh, but until then, uh, I was going to say Domo Arigato, Mister Roboto, to end this episode. Yeah, you are fired. Oh, that's, yeah. That... <laughs> That one's good. I'm full circle on that one. I like it. Are you happy with that? You like that? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Because I I usually say on that bombshell, but I thought this time (laughs) I'd I'd... go and listen to Sticks. Go and listen to Domorogato, Mr. Roboto, and if you haven't played it yet, do play Binary Domain. Uh, We'll be back shortly with another episode, and thank you for listening.